welcome to the Sunday Night Help Show podcast. This is Leonardo Coelho in for Marine to welcome you. On the podcast, the CEO of Plantiga Technologies, Wayne Sandler, joins us to talk about the importance of movement health and how Plantiga is pushing forward the needle on innovation in fitness tech. Also, our own Marie McGrath elaborates on the different kinds of rest that everybody needs. And did you know that November is Pulmonary Hypertension Month? Here are a reflection from Catherine Downey and how she has managed to live with this condition. The Sunday Night Health Show podcast starts now. This is the Sunday Night Health Show. I am Maureen McGrath. You know that I go on and on about exercise and how much you should be doing it. And uh, not doing that, but, you know, doing that exercise, that'll make you feel better in every single aspect of your life. And so when I hear about a new way of exercise or a better way of exercise, I am immediately intrigued. And that's how I was when I learned about movement health, in particular, Plantiga. Joining me on the line is Quinn Sandler. He is the founder and CEO of Plantiga, and he is going to talk to us about the importance of movement health and how Plantiga is pushing forward the needle on innovation in fitness tech. Good evening, Quinn. How are you? I'm doing well. Good evening. Thanks for having me on. Oh, thanks for joining me. I really appreciate it. And I'm very interested in movement health and in particular Plantiga. Plantiga. Can you tell me a little bit about what movement health is first? Yeah, totally. So movement health is really the quality of our movement. And it's multifaceted. It's not just uh, health like you would look at your diet, but it is a lens into the movement, the musculoskeletal system. It is arguably one of the most important lenses into our health but it's often not tracked. You know, again, we'll track our blood, we'll go to the dentist, we track all sorts of health markers of our body. Very rarely do we track how we move. Sometimes we do how much we move with steps, but again, movement health is that next level up it's really seeing how the body is moving and everything that goes into that. So in other words, people could be moving, but they may not be moving in the right way or the way that is optimal to get the best benefit for exercise. 100%. And one major example of that is, so we have sensors that we put inside shoes and we really measure how people walk, how they run, how they jump, how they really go about in their everyday life. But one metric that we focus on a lot of is asymmetry. So what that just means is imagine how much force I put on my right leg or how much force I put on my left leg. We know from research that the vast majority of people who are healthy are kind of plus or minus 10%. So they might be like 55 on their right leg, a fourth, maybe 45% on their left. But what most people don't understand is if you actually start teetering out where you're favoring one leg through forces, maybe at like 60, 40, the likelihood that you can get hurt or rupture your ACL or hurt your knee or, you know, rupture your Achilles, it skyrockets. So that's just one of the ways that we look at health, but we really look at the quality of it and also how you're moving. And is this Plantiga? It's actually sensors that go in the shoes? Yeah. So, you know, the way that we define ourselves is we call ourselves a wearable driven health platform um, that really helps people move better through a deeper understanding of how they walk, run, jump, um, et cetera. But how we do that is 
We actually have very advanced sensors. Think of them like a, it's a very small sensor. It goes inside of an insole you put inside your shoe. And we measure with precision how somebody moves. And then part of our membership actually is we actually connect that person with a Plantiga movement coach. So they actually get one-on-one coaching to help them move towards a goal. And that goal could be wanting to run a 5K because they haven't run in 10 years, or it could be just not wanting to get injured again and they've been dealing with a bad knee for, you know, the last decade. So it depends on the goal, but, yeah, it is. It's uh, these advanced sensors and then this one-on-one coaching. And and that's a tech coach, in other words. That's somebody who's speaking to you through your shoe, essentially. Kind of, yeah. So they're taking data from the shoe, but actually you would have a Zoom call. I and see. It would, be, it would be a video coach, and the coach would be like a, a strength and conditioning coach or a physiotherapist, um, an exercise physiologist. We have about uh, six movement coaches. So kind of depending on you and your goals, you would get hooked up with your very own movement coach um, to basically work with you and help make sense of your data and put together a little bit of a plan on how you could kind of optimize where you are in life. Well, that is amazing. You know, I, I have run a few races in my time, and uh, I remember one of my colleagues and I, uh, he had some shoes that actually did speak to him. He bought some <laughs> that uh, encouraged him and coached him and, and said, keep going, yeah. this kind of thing. And I said, you know, I've, I've run the sun run with two different shoes, quite frankly. It doesn't make a difference. <laughs> and um, yeah. so, and, and I didn't really train so much, which is not good. Um, uh, and so I, I just have that ability to go out there and, and run. Um, but you know, I, I do okay for about an hour. That's about it. I, that's all I can pretty much handle. But, uh, so he was training extensively and had these shoes that spoke to him and I didn't train and, um, you know, I just wore a regular pair of shoes, but needless to say, he did a, a whole lot better than I did. Um, but there is something to be said for that coaching. Oh, a hundred percent. And, you know, it's the coaching connected with the objective data. So a lot of people that are members with Plantiga, you know, are dealing with a knee issue or arthritis in their hip or they broke their ankle 10 years ago. And a lot of people deal with some type of musculoskeletal problems. So sometimes it's just not helping the person out in the race we go kind of that next level deeper where we can kind of uncover what might be wrong and we could objectively measure it and say, okay, hey, look, like you're compensating your left side way more and it looks like you have like a very weak ankle um, knee complex and we're going to get you to do these types of exercises to make it stronger and we're going to collect every walk that you go on or every run or we do jump testing a bunch as well. So, you know, it's not just on the run, And it's not even for people that just run. You know, we have some people that, you know, they're just trying to, a word that comes up often is longevity. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't really understand the value of movement until it's taken away from you. So I think a lot of people, when they've been through that experience, you know, they just want to make sure they can move and walk properly and run properly so they can keep doing the things they love and play with their children, play with their grandchildren. Exactly. And and is there an application here for uh, rehabilitation or recovery after stroke, for example, in terms of a lot of people have difficulty with gait, maybe after stroke or other type of neurological injury? Yeah. 
100%. So we've actually done, so um, research has been a big part of what we do. So we've done some research around Parkinson's. Um, we have been used a lot in physiotherapy clinics. So yeah, I think the best way to look at our stuff is you can kind of bucket into, into three categories of use. One would be rehab. So I'm dealing with an injury and I'm trying to get better and I'm trying to kind of get back to where I was or perform more. The other bucket is trying to perform. So I'm trying to, you know, run a 10K and it's been a long time. And then the other one is just more injury prevention or wellness. Just a lot of people want to stay healthy physically for as long as possible. And that's where understanding about their movements, what we call trainable deficits, come into play. Um, but yeah, those are the kind of the three ways that you could look at like how you would use this data. I like it. I like it. Uh, you mentioned membership. So tell me how Plantiga works. Yeah. So if anyone's interested, you can go to plantiga.com slash beta and you can request access. But right now, um, and actually I can kind of give you some examples. So historically we've actually been working with the best sports teams in the world for the last three years. So everybody from the Dodgers to the Houston Rockets to, you know, major league soccer teams, but earlier this year, instead of just focusing on professional teams, we actually opened up our platform and we launched a membership in beta for individuals. And that doesn't have to be athletes. It's just anyone that cares about their health um, and cares about wanting to kind of move down that personalized health frontier around movement. Um, so they go, you sign up. Um, we have a pretty good wait list now, but we're trying to triage it for people that really want to get into the program. And then we connect you up with your very own movement coach and boom, you're off to the races. We ship you out our hardware. So you kind of get like a really cool package and some swag. Um, and then you're kind of thinking like a Fitbit, but on steroids. We're like that. We, we're like going into a gate lab, but you can take that with you, put it in your shoe and you don't even pay attention to it. It's That's not, essentially how it works. It sounds fantastic. And is it a monthly fee? How does that work? It is a monthly fee. Yeah. So there's like a base membership fee and then a coaching fee every month. Um, but after the first six months, um, our members have the ability to not have the coach and just use uh, the technology. We have a lot of community and webinars that are just meant for our members put on by some of the best sports scientists in the world and running coaches. So you don't always have to have the coach, but Anybody that joins has their coach for the first six months. It's fascinating. I, I, I think it's amazing and something I definitely would be interested in because I, I am very interested in how I'm walking slash running, hiking, whatever, um, how I'm moving, basically. Um, I think it's very important. And if I can optimize that, all the, all the better. So again, um, how can people get more information about this, Quinn? Yeah, so best place to do is to go to plantiga.com. So I'll spell that out, P-L-A-N-T-I-G-A.com slash beta, B-E-T-A. Um, and you can request access there. And uh, yeah, we're, we're in early days, but it's really exciting taking this platform we built with the kind of the best in the world for athletics and bringing that now to any health conscious person. So if anyone's interested, we'd love to, we'd love to invite you into the program and, and have you experience it for yourself. Well, thank you so much. I'll take you up on that. That's Quinn Sandler. He is the founder and CEO at, at Plantiga.
Welcome back to the Sunday Night Health Show. Maureen McGrath hosting this program for you. Thank you so much for joining me. You know, we've had daylight savings in most parts of the world. We have the holidays upcoming. We've got a new year. We're still living in a pandemic. And what are you thinking of? I'm thinking of sleep. <laughs> I'm thinking of rest. But you know what? It's not just sleep that the that is the kind of rest that everybody needs. We, we go through life thinking we've rested because we've gotten enough sleep. But in reality, we are missing out on the other kinds of rest that we so desperately need. We are living in a high achieving, high producing, chronically exhausted, burnt out world. There's so many people that are burnt out from their jobs. In fact, so burnt out that a lot of people have left their jobs in this pandemic. And we are really suffering from a rest deficit because we don't truly understand the power of rest and the different types of rest that we need. The first type of rest we need is physical rest, which can be passive or active. You ever feel like, oh, I want to take a nap, but you can't fall asleep, so you just lie down instead? Um, Passive physical rest includes sleeping and napping, while active physical rest means restorative activities like yoga or stretching or massage therapy. And all of that can help to improve your body's circulation and flexibility. But even just lying there, resting, that can be actually restorative as well. The second type of rest that we need is mental rest. Oh my gosh, between computers and uh, emails and our calendars that are getting filled up and, and blurred lines between work and home life and the kids are being homeschooled and the parents need help and the sandwich generation. And, you know, there are so many people who start the day and continue the day with gigantic cups of coffee. Those people are typically irritable and forgetful, and they often have a difficult time concentrating on their work. And when they lie down at night, they have difficulty turning their brains off. Am I speaking to you? Does this sound familiar? You have difficulty turning off your brain as conversations from the day might fill your thoughts and your mind. And you have difficulty falling to sleep. You're also thinking about the list for tomorrow. And despite sleeping seven or eight hours, you wake up feeling as though you never went to bed. Well, this type of person typically has a mental rest deficit. Now, the good news is you don't have to go on perennial vacations or quit your job to fix this, but it's a good idea for especially this type of person who is a kind of a bit of an adrenaline junkie, might be addicted to that caffeine, but it's a good idea or maybe have a little, has a little bit of attention deficit uh, disorder or difficulty focusing. It's a good idea to schedule short breaks every couple of hours throughout your workday. These breaks can help to remind you to slow it down. You might also want to take a note notepad. Keep it by your bed to jot down any nagging thoughts that would keep you awake. And I always say, you know what? A good night's sleep is what you need to deal with any problems the next day. Staying awake, thinking about it is not going to help you. The third type of rest that we need is sensory rest. We need a rest from those bright lights, those computer screens, the background noise, the multiple conversations, the multitasking that we're doing, whether you're in an office or you're on a Zoom call. All of this can help our senses to feel overwhelmed. I see it in the hospitals, in the ICUs. People, the lights are on 24-7, the machines are beeping, the ECGs. People get ICU psychosis. And you can get life psychosis, especially if you have a couple of screens going and your phone is going, you're answering emails, you're multitasking. You can become extremely overwhelmed and your senses can be very much overwhelmed. 
You can counter this by closing your eyes for a minute in the middle of the day or maybe once an hour. Just take a break from it. You may also want to intentionally unplug from your electronics. Also, don't have them in your bedroom. I've said that many times before, especially at the end of the day. Unplug those electronics. Say the day is over. I heard something. I was actually watching HGTV and they had a contractor on and and the the person who had hired him said, you know, I can't get in touch with you after four o'clock. And, you know, what is your cutoff time? And he said, well, actually, my cutoff time for the day is five o'clock. And so, you know, some people set those hard limits and healthy boundaries that say, I'm actually going to shift from work to home life or to exercise or to rest or to just, you know, chill out, just take it down a notch. Because intentional moments of sensory deprivation can begin to undo that damage that is inflicted by the overstimulated world in which we are all living these days, especially around computers and televisions and all sorts of video games and all of that. The fourth type of rest that one needs is called creative rest. And this type of rest is very important for anyone who must solve problems or brainstorm new ideas. Creative rest reawakens your awe and your wonder. We all have that sense of wonder on the inside. Now, there might be a lot of men out there. Men tend to be problem solvers. And maybe all day long you're thinking, and and maybe that sounded a bit sexist and I didn't mean it to, but um, I mean, I'm a bit of a problem solver as well. Um, But I'm I'm constantly having to brainstorm or be creative in my work. Um, and, And so, you know, if you're thinking that you can never turn off because you've always got to solve the problems, whether it be with the kids or with the school or with your job or what Whatever it is, a new project, you know, it's creative rest that you definitely need because that is very, very taxing on the brain. And so what you want to do is I often think of that song, don't ever lose your sense of wonder. Um, and, and so if you are constantly creative, you may actually lose that sense of wonder. So you want to take in the beauty of the outdoors. Go outside. Go for a walk. Just go in your backyard if that's all you have. Go out on your deck. That can provide you with some creative rest. But creative rest isn't simply about appreciating nature. It's also about enjoying the arts. Turning your workspace into a place of inspiration by displaying images of, of people or places that you love or, or works of art, something that you really appreciate. Same thing for your bedroom. Make your bedroom an oasis, that oasis that you can go to after you've had that long day or day after day after day of brainstorming and creativity and coming up with new ideas or ways to sell the project or whatever it is that you're doing. You can't spend 40, 50, 60 hours a week staring at a blank wall in your office. Make it beautiful around you. Make it beautiful hues and colors and maybe some bring some plants in there or bring in some vases or some lovely subtle colors if that's what makes you feel good or things that pop, things that are bright colors if that's what turns you on. But you want to feel passionate about something. Um, And if you don't feel passionate about something, you're less likely to come up with innovative ideas. So you want to make sure that your surroundings, your office surroundings are are beautiful, something that is pleasing to your eye, something that that makes you feel settled and calm and, and good and healthy. Um, And so there are many different types of rest. And one of the most important types of rest is emotional rest. And that means having the time and the space to freely express your feelings and cut off that people pleasing that so many of us do. Guilty. 
Um, you know, emotional rest requires the courage for you to be authentic, for you to speak truth to power. And an emotionally rested person can answer the question, how are you today? With a truthful, I'm not okay, you know, or I'm having a rough day. And so it's always good to be, go easy on yourself, make sure that you get the different types of rest that you need so that you don't walk around with a multitude of rest deficits. Remember, it's not just about physical rest. It's about emotional rest, creative rest, and mental rest. Welcome back to the Sunday Night Health Show. Maureen McGrath hosting this program for you. Did you know that November was Pulmonary Hypertension Month? I didn't, quite frankly, but I'm glad to know about it because it is is a condition that affects quality of life. And joining me on the line is Catherine Downey, and she is a person living with pulmonary hypertension. Good evening, Catherine. Good evening. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Good, thanks. You sound great for somebody who has pulmonary hypertension, which does sound daunting. uh, Can you tell the listeners what exactly pulmonary hypertension is? Well, pulmonary hypertension also is an invisible disease, an invisible chronic disease. So um, a lot of us aren't going to sound or look sick. But um, pulmonary hypertension is a life-limiting illness with no prospect of a cure. And it's characterized by high blood pressure in the pulmonary arteries or the blood vessels that carry blood to the lungs. I see. And so it it sounds um, as though it would impact a person's ability to breathe, perhaps. What are some of the other symptoms that one might experience who's living with pulmonary hypertension? Um, uh, A lot of uh, people have uh, shortness of breath, fatigue, um, intolerance to exercise, edema to their ankles, legs or feet, chest pain. They get a bluish discoloration of the skin, usually in the lips or the fingernails. Mm -hmm. Um, They could faint or pass out and uh, other signs of right-sided heart failure. And and the right ventricle of the heart is what pumps oxygen... uh, into the through the pulmonary arteries, but the um, the right ventricle of the heart pumps oxygen depleted blood through the pulmonary arteries into the lungs to receive that fresh supply of oxygen. Is that what happens? Is that that fresh supply of, of oxygen doesn't occur? Um, I'm not sure if it doesn't occur, but it doesn't occur in the volumes that we need it to mm-hmm. be because some of our arteries. Um, depending on the type of pH that you have, um, the arteries are narrowed mm-hmm. from from the disease, so it gets limited amount. And, and so that. that makes it harder for that right ventricle to pump that blood into the lungs. Is that is that exactly. correct? Yeah. yeah, because the arteries yeah. are narrowed. And so, uh, what age does this usually strike? Um, there is no age. Uh, that it strikes it strikes babies up until I mean I was in my fifties when I got diagnosed, and, and, and can, I'm sure there's people older than that. Uh, and uh, are there younger people who can be diagnosed with pulmonary hypertension? Yeah, babies can get diagnosed. Oh, oh babies! Birth. I'm sorry, I didn't hear what you said. Okay, that's all right. I thought you said eighties. Yeah. Okay, uh, babies can be diagnosed with it. 
Wow. Yeah, and and so all that no you, age limit. Right. And all that you describe um, also says to me, and not only is it this a serious and progressive condition, um, but it can lead to heart failure, I would imagine, and, and blood clots. Yes. And um, dare I say, shortened life expectancy. It, it, how long have you been living with pulmonary hypertension? I, I got diagnosed on March 13, 2020, mm-hmm. which was also the eve of the world shutting down for COVID. Oh, wow. So it was a double whammy that day. Right. And so it's only been 20 months, 21 months mm-hmm. since my diagnosis. So it's been kind of hard trying to juggle, oh, my God, what's this COVID business all about? And, oh, my God, somebody just gave me this life-limiting diagnosis. Right. And I would imagine your fear of getting COVID, of contracting COVID, would be a 100 times um, the fear of somebody who, and and a lot of people are living in fear of getting COVID, but you must be incredibly nervous to get something that might affect your lungs. Yes. Um, in fact, in August, I just got a, a respiratory flu, oh. but it landed me up in the hospital for a week, and uh, I have symptoms now of what they consider long COVID, oh. which, because I didn't have COVID necessarily, but I have the same symptoms as other people. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Um, Catherine, yeah. what were some of your symptoms that sent you to the the doctor? Um to finally get diagnosed? Um, well, I most people who have PH or diagnosed PH probably suffer with this disease for at least uh, two to three years prior to diagnosis. Mm-hmm. And so I probably had something going on to about 10 or more years, wow. but it was mild and then progressively got worse. So a lot of my problem was I wasn't able to walk as far as I used to be or as fast as I could. Um, shortness of breath, which I tried to hide by if I was running out of breath. On I worked on campus at the university. I would just stop and look at a billboard or something and try to pretend nothing's happening here. I'm reading my phone. I'm okay. But, you know, desperately trying to get my uh, breath back. And then I had a hysterectomy, which we kind of thought maybe that was one of my issues. And I found that I had a hard time recovering from my hysterectomy. Mm. I was exhausted all the time. Oh, what a shame. And yeah. and you must have been terribly disappointed to get this diagnosis. Did they offer you treatments? I know you said there's no cure, but are there treatments for this? There are treatments that will keep us, um, <clears throat> excuse me, um, sustainable, I guess. I don't know if that's the right word or not, but um, I'm on oxygen 24-7. There are pH uh, treatments. Some are oral, some are subcutaneous, some are IV. I'm on the oral one, so I'm taking two at the moment. And I've also been just recently diagnosed with a congestive heart issue. So I'm on treatments for that. And then with everything that goes on with all those treatments, then you have all these uh, other pills that you got to take to kind of help with the side effects of the other things. So like I need to be on water pills because I have a lot of edema. And because I'm on water pills, it makes my potassium tank out. So I got to be on a lot of potassium. So it's a never ending. I look at my my medicine tray at the beginning of the month or week when I dole it out into my little medicine thing. 
and it, it takes up a whole uh, cookie tray. Oh, my goodness. And, and you sound like so. such an optimistic, positive person. And, and I understand you're wearing purple. Tell me a little bit about the purple. Yes. <laughs> What's going on with that? Purple, uh, periwinkle in particular, is the color for uh, pH. Mm-hmm. And um, so when I was diagnosed, I, I went headlong into investigating it, learning it, whatever. And uh, the first thing I saw was purple's our color. And I had fairly long hair at the time. And um, I had to go on oxygen right away once I was diagnosed. And the hose would always kind of pull down on my hair. So the first thing I did was I thought, you know what? I'm just going to shave my head. So I shaved my head. (laughs) And uh, it was during COVID time, so I blamed it on COVID. And then... um, I started dyeing my hair purple because I never had the guts to do so beforehand. (laughs) And so I've been dyeing my hair purple. It's my trademark. People on Facebook, you know, if they see my hair not purple, they're going, where's your purple hair? (laughs) So uh, that's uh, what I do. And and, uh, during, uh, like this month, I've been trying to wear as much purple as possible. Um, We also have World PH Day on May the 5th. So I wear purple and I've uh, gotten places here in Calgary lit up purple Aww. for that celebration. So I've I've embraced it, shall I say. Yes, you have. Well, you just sound like a wonderful yeah. person. Where can people learn more about the pH, the symptoms and some of the treatments and, and dyeing their hair purple? <laughs> well, dyeing their hair purple, I don't know they can contact me. I can give them the name of my uh, dye. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> But as for um, where they can find information, uh, PHA Canada um, uh, is, uh, is a sorry pulmonary hypertension association of Canada that have their own website. I think it's phacanada.ca. Okay. And uh, it uh, has tons of information of what to look for, what to do if you get diagnosed. What, and the different kinds of pH, because pH is kind of the general name for it, but then there's a lot of different conditions under pH. That's right. And I'm, I've got the website up right now, phacanada.ca, and it is filled with information about living with pH, yeah. the research about pH, the community, how to get involved, and uh, it's all in a backdrop of purple. Catherine, thank you so much for sharing your story, and, uh, and stay well. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. We'll get you back in May, if not before. That's Catherine Downey, a patient living with pulmonary hypertension. Thanks for listening to the Sunday Night Health Show podcast. You can subscribe, rate, or review on your favorite podcast app. And if you've got a question about your health, the nurse is always in. So email me, nursetalk at hotmail.com, and I just might answer your question anonymously, of course, on next week's show. For now, have a happy and healthy week.